My name is uh, Joseph Gabasso, Vice President of Mario Badescu. What I love about beauty is really making people's face look beautiful all day, all the time. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Welcome, Joseph. We're so excited to have you here on Beauty Is Your Business and learn a little bit more about your story and share your words of wisdom with our listeners. So kind of back us up to the beginning. Were you always in the beauty industry since the beginning of your career or did you kind of come upon Mario Badescu later on? What was your trajectory? So I don't want to give away my age, but I've been, <laughs> I've been working with Mario Badescu since around 1996. It's a pretty long time. It's around over 25 years. Before that, I wasn't working in beauty. I could give you a little bit of how I got into beauty, if you would like to hear. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. There was a person, you know, Mario Badescu, that created the brand in 1967. He was a chemist and an aesthetician that came from Romania. He came to the States in, in 67. He started making products out of his one-bedroom apartment on 52nd Street. Upstairs, actually, where we have our 36-room salon today. So he started making the products. He loved to play with different products and, and had a lot of knowledge about skin. And he started seeing some clients in New York City, and he started building his customer base up. He took a two-room spot. It was like a little section of the building where we are now. And um, he started giving facials. He just became like this guru about skin, working on skin, making great skincare products. And he had like a following of, I would say, Upper East Side people, celebrities, so he had the salon, the 60s, the 70s, and unfortunately, he, he passed on in, in 1983. And my father, you know, ran into somebody that was dealing with his estate, and the Cabasso family bought it over. From 1985 to 95, I would say, for 10 years, we really focused on the salon part. We grew the salon into a, a 36-room salon. And I came there, my brother came there in 96, 97, and we grew the company to where it's at today in the United States and outside the United States. Wow, that's pretty incredible. And what was your strategy for growth beyond obviously like the spa, you know, environment? And you mentioned that he had products previously. Was that something that you built upon? Did you have certain retail channels? Were there certain types of products that you launched or packaging redesigns or those kind of things? You take a drying lotion. That was one of his first products. Like he was really, we were known for acne. That's where it started from. And he was working on people's skins, giving them this clean facial, which we give the same exact facial in New York today. We, you know, we didn't change anything. And that's where it started from. Like the drying lotion was something that people knew us of and everyone knows us today. I run into somebody, they're like, oh my God, uh, I've had drying lotion since I'm 12, since I'm 14. You know, my mom used to bring me into the salon because I had terrible acne. And, you know, these are people that are in their 60s that are telling me this. Retail wise, you know, I believe when I first got there, I didn't know anything about skincare. 
the path that I went on and, and what I learned was amazing. I remember our first retail store was Henry Bendel's. Henry Bendel's was like the go-to shot. That's where we expanded. We expanded by other retailers seeing us in Henry Bendel's and Nordstrom took us. And that's where we grew. And we grew slowly. You know, we wanted that slow pace of the customer. We wanted not to explode into so many retailers. So we took it slowly. That was really our retail strategy was really to take it slow, not to expand too quickly. Got it. And as you were kind of growing slowly, were there any like pivots you had to make? Obviously, like the skincare business, especially now is all about new things. And I feel like Mario Badescu is known for sticking with like the tried and true, like the products that really work, not like just launching things because they're trendy. So was it hard to kind of, you know, stick to that ethos in the changing markets? It's funny, you know, we have 200 things in our line, a lot of stuff Mario Badescu made, you know, like hyaluronic eye cream. It's something we've had in our lines for 30, 40 years. And it's something like hyaluronic blew up now and, and people love it. But hey, you know, like just to show you, like we've been in business for over 55 years, like we have so much of that. I guess other brands, you know, put a lot of effort into it with celebrities and influencers and paid advertisement and you know, maybe blew up that ingredient, but, you know, but that's something that we knew and had in our line for decades. We try to keep stuff how Mario made it, meaning very gentle, very effective, very simple, very affordable. Our prices are very low. You know, we're a prestige brand and we try to keep it low, especially with this economy, with what's going on. We try to keep it so the customer keeps on coming back and keeps on buying it. That's really interesting. I feel like in a market where there's so many new brands, so many new products all the time, it is like, it really stands out to have like a tried and true legacy and products that have worked and continue to work and that people turn to. So I feel like that's a very different and a really great strategy. It's obviously been a big success. And I feel like now the brand is, there's more awareness around the brand than ever. So is that something that's been conscious? Have you really been growing in social media and other sort of avenues, or has it been more organic? We love organic. We love that people, it could be a celebrity, it could be an influencer, it could be a random person, anybody. We're not asking them to talk about our brand. We're speaking about our brand all over social media. We love it. We appreciate it. I call it organic love. Like we're not paying these people to talk about us just because we're giving them money and here talk about us. You know, we don't do that. We give the world, the influencers, the celebrities, if you like it, we would love for you to post us or talk about us. But that's how we grew as a brand is, you know, someone that might have 10 million followers might be in a Sephora or an Ulta or any department. So maybe pick up our brand. And they spoke about it. Like, that's how we became big. It was just, you know, someone popular or famous picking up the brand in a store or word of mouth to that somebody. And that's how we grew our brand. You know, we really grew it organically. You know, we didn't pay to make customers like us. We really did it because people just always loved us. We, we didn't just come into the market yesterday. And there is, like you said, I think your question was like, how do you keep up? How do you, what's your strategy? I didn't get into detail, but what our thing is, you know, we've been making skincare for over 55 years, I could say now. 
We've been working on people's skin in the salon for over 50 years. We are a family business. I love to say that we are a family business. Every product that we make or come out, we really work very hard on input from girls in the field, girls in the, in the office, people that are in the office. And, you know, we'll try it a hundred times until we get it right. You know, we, we don't just like to, we don't push out many products. We don't like to confuse the customer. People have been using the same product over and over and over. We like to keep true to what Mario has done. And whatever we come out with, we try to keep what he has made. I love that. And what have been some of the biggest challenges over the years as the business has grown and changed? You know, the market has changed. What are some of the challenges and how have you kind of worked through those? Challenges is there's a lot of brands coming out. I could say there's another brand, I would say weekly, but now I could say daily. Where do customers turn? You know, what do you do? You know, okay, that person was famous. They came out with this product and that one had this many files. Okay, they came out. You see a lot of people talking about skincare, then they're opening up their own skincare brand. Like, so I've never seen something like that. So my message always is we've been around forever. We've been touching people's skin. You know, we have people, you know, swearing by us and talking about us. They love us and they've stuck with the brand 30, 40, 50 years. You know, there's customers out there that are 70, 80 years old. I don't like to talk about Martha Stewart's age because she definitely looks like she's in her lower 60s, but... Well, her skincare has worked. <laughs> right. That's a person that's come to us and backed us for free just because she really loves, loves the brand. And there's a person that comes in the salon once a month, uses our products, her daughter uses our products, her grandkids, and her mom brought her into the salon. We stayed in people's medicine cabinets for decades, for generations. And it says a lot, you know, we didn't just come in yesterday. We've been in people's cabinets for 10, 20, 30 years. You take a drawing lotion. It's still in people's cabinets that are, have using it from when they were 15 and they're 50 now. Since I'm a kid, I have the drawing lotion and I still do. That's something that really stays with people throughout their life, I've seen. That's amazing, that kind of loyalty. And I feel like it's very difficult to establish that with a brand, especially, you know, when you're a new brand. And what kind of advice would you have for newer brands and establishing that loyalty with your consumers and your fans? <laughs> it's a very good question. I, I do get people that call me. It could be a friend. It could be somebody that pulls me aside after I've done a panel or a speech and they're like, can I talk to you? Uh, you know, I'm starting up this new brand. I don't think people in the skincare come to me like someone that does makeup, someone that does eyelashes, someone that does nail or hair, or they'll come over to me like, can I speak to you about maybe a little input of what to do, how to be successful? So I do get that question and I'm always willing to help anybody be successful. And, you know, as long as it's not competition with me, I'm always... You know, I want people to succeed and really getting people to try it, love it, getting it into the right people's hand that has a voice. And if it comes out of the heart that whoever tried it, if an influencer or a celebrity tried it 
and they're really plugging it and there's no paid advertisement, the luck is there. You can be very successful. You got to just get people to love it and try it and get into as many people's hands as you can if you really believe in the product that you're making. Right. I mean, it's so true. It's like that authenticity people are looking for and that stands out so much in this market, I feel like. You know, people want to see the real, a lot of people get paid for things, you know, and it's like deciphering like what's real and what's not. Like with the Martha relationship, I feel like that's such a great example. That's like the ultimate, obviously, for any brand is to have somebody of that status who just happens to love you and talk about you. She really believes in it. She knows her skin looks great from it. And, you know, she's telling the truth about it. Like, that's who I've been using my whole life. This is my skincare brand. I really owe so much to her. And I'll tell her over and over, you know, our family owes the world to you. That's so amazing. Pretty incredible. But I, I say that with anywhere I'm at, influencers, a celebrity, or just regulates. I didn't create the buzz, you know, they did. I didn't put up these billboards around all over the place, or Herald Square or whatever it is. You guys helped us. I'll always thank everybody. I, I could thank you for even giving us this opportunity or coming into a salon, coming for a facial, or you gave us a chance. You know, if you spoke about it, if you didn't, we appreciate that. And we know that's where the brand has built on. And of course, our product has to be good for them to talk about. So it must be good if they've been talking about it all this time. Right. And speaking about the product, am I correct in saying that you have your own manufacturing facility? Yes. I didn't get into specifics, but just like we used to make it in the building that we're in, where the salon is, where you, I believe you went on 52nd Street, we used to make everything in the basement downstairs. In the 80s and, and 90s, up until I believe 98, 99, we made everything in the basement. Once we took on these retailers, we moved out, and now we're in a very large facility in Edison, New Jersey, that we run. We're there every day. We make everything. Anything that's, you know, we might get an order from a retailer or a customer goes online. Those products are probably made within those couple of weeks that we get the order. Everything is made by us. We take a lot of pride into it that we just don't hire a outside manufacturing place to make our products. We make everything ourselves, day in and day out, and nothing sits around. Things don't sit for a year and then we ship it. You know, it's probably made that month that it's going in the stores. Wow. I feel like that's very unique for especially an independently owned brand to have, you know, your own manufacturing. And do you feel like that allows you to have an advantage in terms of being able to ensure quality and to be able to be flexible when you want to change something or launch something? Do you feel like that that's an advantage for business reasons too? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even out of stocks, you know, I, I see other companies out of stocks. We're never out of stocks. Because you just make it yourself. We can make it ourselves. We still, as owners, you know, my father, he's up there in age. Me, my nephews work in the company. We're there. We see what's going on. We watch them make the products. We're very involved in every day what's going on in the company and how things are made. That's pretty amazing. And how do you see the brand and the company evolving into the future? 
you know, any goals or are you going to expand into other spas outside of New York or is there going to be different kinds of products? Any ways that you see the brand evolving? Different kind of products. We look, we hear, we listen to every customer. We really listen to every customer. If it's a complaint, if it's come out with this, we should do that. If we hear influencers talk about us, we try to do our best to make every customer happy. We look out what's coming out. We'll go to shows. Our chemists will go to shows, meet with different people, what's hot, what ingredients great, anything to make a difference in, in people's skin or for them to look better. I love that. Is there anything else you wanted to share or talk about? Anything you want to leave our listeners with? I would love to talk a little bit about how our brand is a prestige brand with a low price. We keep our prices low because we want the customer not to buy just one product from us. We want them to buy, you know, a regimen that's under a hundred dollars. And that's why we keep our prices low. You know, we, we don't want to come out with an $80 or a hundred dollar cream, even though those 80 or hundred dollar creams, we make the same thing that we're charging the consumer 18. You know, we don't want to just sell that one cream that's a hundred dollars and the customer buy it once. We want them to come back and enjoy it forever. And I hear the word mastige being thrown around a lot. And I could definitely say we're in that category where the mass pricing, but we're a prestige brand. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like that's what people are really looking for now is products that are efficacious, but they're a really great value and they get that premium experience and results from them. It's very important. Yes, we want to make money, but we do not want to rip the customer off. We really want to be as, as fair as possible to our consumer. I think these days people care about that a lot. Pretty amazing. How can our listeners connect with you, Joseph? Is it like on social media or on your website or whatever you prefer? LinkedIn? Yeah. I mean, I have a, a LinkedIn page. Joseph Cabasso is my name on LinkedIn. And social media, we have Mario Badescu. You could go on our website and put in comments. My father is in his 80s. He still looks. It comes to his email box. He goes through and reads every single one. And, and he'll forward me like, Joe, did you see this one? Joe, did you see this one? We have to do something. He takes it very seriously. It's his baby. He's been doing this for 40 years. So he's very passionate. We try to run it as a family business. And every customer to us is like family and very important to us. That really does stand out in a really crowded market. Well, thank you so much, Joseph, for taking the time to be with us today. I thank you to everybody for listening. Check back next week for another great guest. I'm April Franzino, and this is Beauty Is Your Business. This has been Beauty Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 